Welcome to the MK Sports Around the World podcast. This is episode 7, and I'm your host, Matt Kretzi. I hope you are enjoying March Madness. It's that time of year again. Uh, both the men's and the women's college basketball tournaments are going on right now. And one thing you will notice is that there are a lot of transfer players. It's becoming more and more prevalent in college basketball. And transfer players are making a big difference in the tournament. Um, today's theme of this podcast will be the transfer process. And my guest will be Fallon Freja. Fallon is from a town of 175 people in, I think, East Central North Dakota. And Fallon has an interesting story. She played three years at the University of North Dakota and then transferred before her final season to go to Montana State University. Now, a lot of players transfer for a variety of reasons, but Fallon has her own story that is unique and different. I think you will enjoy what she has to say. And maybe there's a college player listening who will benefit from hearing what Fallon went through and maybe can avoid some of the stress and heartache that uh, she was enduring while she was uh, making this big decision. So sit back and enjoy episode seven. Thanks for listening. Okay, I have Fallon Frigia here from Heidelberg, Germany. How are you doing, Fallon? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. What's the weather like in Germany? Mm-hmm. It's currently snowing outside my window, um, but it's melting pretty quick the moment it hits the ground. So not too bad. Have you had a little bit of spring or is it still we have yeah it's been really nice out really sunny actually the last few days but it seems mm-hmm. like it rains and is cloudy for a day or two and then back to the sunshine so it's not been too bad yeah how about back home in north dakota have you talked to your mm-hmm. mom about the weather there yeah i don't think it's as nice as it is here <laughs> but yeah they've had some sunshine of course which is which is great, but I know it's probably still pretty pretty chilly outside. Yeah, well, you'll find out in the next what, week and a half when you go back. Yep, yep. So you grew up in, is it Edmore, North Dakota? Yep, Edmore, North Dakota, really small um, rural town, farmers around the area and stuff. And then for sports, of course, we were co-op just to have more numbers, but we had our own high school and everything. So what part of the state? Is that like north central? Yep. So I'd say northeast sort of, about an hour and a half west of the Minnesota border. I'm right by Grand Forks area. If you just go straight west, you'll be pretty close to Edmore. Okay. So your high school experience, tell me about about that in, in basketball. Yeah, it was cool. So I had an older sister. She's two years older than me. It was <laughs> a lot of fights with sisters in sports, but it was also really blessed times together. Um, I was moved up to play on varsity when I was an eighth grader, and she was a sophomore at the time. Um, Our sophomore year was, or that year, I guess, so to say, was a tough year, but we definitely learned a lot and grew a lot. And then that next season, our team ended up going to the state tournament when I was a freshman. Uh, Unexpectedly, we definitely were a top team in the area at the time, but going to state was really, really special. And I, I, I think the first year was the best. I ended up going three times in my career. But the first year, nothing like it in the fans. And once again, it was with my sister. So, you know, all the hugs and all that was really cool. And then we didn't make it the next year. And then we made it again the year after that. And then my senior year, we went again. Lost every year in the state tournament in the first round. So really? fifth place was kind of the routine. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really special. I think um, it definitely developed me into the player that I am. I at times think it would have been a lot it would have been interesting, I guess, to say to have grown up in, you know, let's say a Minneapolis area, something like that city wise to have more um, ability, I guess, with trainers for weightlifting and basketball training and 
all that. But I also think that it really helped me just learn discipline. You know, we didn't have a rebounding machine. And when I was in college, that was the first time I ever saw a rebounding machine getting my own rebound or my mom or my dad or my sister would, you know, help rebound and definitely learn a lot when you come from a small town and you have to make it good with what you have. You know, we didn't have many girls. We had, if you were a girl, you were going out for sports essentially. So, you know, you just had to work with the girls you had. Um, you couldn't pick your talent and stuff. So I think my IQ grew tremendously in high school. That experience I had helped me just having to learn my teammates and have, figuring out how to help my teammates so we could be, you know, state championship kind of team. Did you um, play really a special. lot? Did you play a lot of minutes in eighth grade and freshman year? I did. Yep. So I ended up starting um, second half of the year when I was an eighth grader, a few games, and then I was starting as a freshman and the whole way through. How tall were you then? I was about 5'10". I definitely stretched the last couple inches over the next couple years, ending about five, just just about six foot, a little under um, 5'11"-ish when I was a senior. So stretched a tiny bit more, I guess, in college, or it's just, or it's just the shoes that have me at six foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So did you play AAU as well? I did, yes. Yep. So I started out um, summer after my eighth grade year. I played in Millbank, South Dakota. So that's just straight south of Fargo. I played there for all every summer leading up to the last summer I was able to play. So in between my junior and senior year. And then I ended up playing for ND Pro out of Fargo, North Dakota, um, where I met future teammate and best friend Lexi Claybo. Um, she played at UND also and she was she was from Fargo. We were the same grade, same age. So um, class A versus class B beef between us <laughs> but met her played AAU with her um, became great friends and then we both ended up going to UND and lifelong friends now so so your, your first experience with AAU you said it was in South Dakota it was yep so how, about five how hours from home yeah so how does that work with practicing do you just show up for games or how does it work so I in the springtime I would go down for about a weekend at a time once again I had tremendous friendships with those girls and two of them still to this day, best friends and the one family. Um, I, they really just took me in and their daughter played and I would just stay with them. And we always joked they were my second parents, but they really were. When summer came, you know, tournaments in Minneapolis and Iowa and Chicago, you know, so I would at times, I remember the one summer I really stayed with them for like 20 some days just because we had tournaments go starting on a Thursday, going to Sunday. And then the next week we had one on a Wednesday, going to Friday. And then we had the next week starting, you know, Friday, going till Tuesday, just all over the place. So I, it was just easier just to stay with them and travel with them. And I know my parents were busy and it was fine. I knew, I knew they'd be there if they could. So I was just really blessed to get to be a part of their family for all those summers at a time, just traveling around as their extra daughter was really special, of course, now. And I mean, we've stayed close. So all through college, they'd come watch me play and stuff. And really special to have that with that AAU program. We were really good. Well, we were young. And then, of course, as we got older, we weren't winning tournaments as easily as we were when we were younger. Yeah. So that was a big part of me switching AAU programs, too, was just the competition. But it gives you, you know, it gives you more exposure and you develop more as a player. So it's nice that you have that because you might not face that kind of competition in high school, right? Yes, absolutely. Especially for me, like I said earlier, being North Dakota, um, being a small town co-op, all that stuff. If I wouldn't have played AAU, I probably wouldn't have had as many offers as I did. Of course, I ended up staying in North Dakota. But yeah, I definitely had a lot of offers that were because I got saw seen 
on the AAU circuit at tournaments and things like that. So yeah, it was really great when we were younger, like I said, with that South Dakota team playing in a lot of the same tournaments. But once I was with the North Dakota team, we were um, a little more competitive, a little more skilled, I guess, as an all-around team. So we were getting noticed and having more coaches at games and all of us pretty much desired to play college basketball, whereas my South Dakota team, there was only two or three of us that ended up playing college basketball. So yeah. What So what colleges did you look at and which ones made offers? Man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, both North Dakota schools, NDSU and UND, both South Dakota schools, um, SDSU, USD, Montana State. There were some in the Big East area, Green Bay, I know. Gosh, what was our school? Kent State. Just some schools like that that I did I didn't talk to a ton just because I didn't have interest. You know, letters and mm-hmm. they left me voicemails. And as a young high schooler, you just don't really call them back because you don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I would say, you know, the North Dakota, South Dakotas, and Montana State were definitely the ones that I um, talked to the most, and all had really, you know, most of them I should say had very successful programs, and they were placing high in their leagues so even though it was close to home which I never wanted to stay close to home and ended up staying as close to home as I could Uh, tell tell me what went into that process and how that happened yeah so for me it was more just a good fit culture uh, of the team and everything. I'm not a homebody. I'm not homesick at all, which I think my mom wish, wishes I was at times. <laughs> she thinks I'm crazy. I don't miss her enough. But yeah, I didn't want to stay close to home. You know, I'm very independent, like to travel. And I knew I have the family that would support me wherever wherever I ended up playing at. And once again, those those schools that I named, they were all kind of within the area. So coming to games would be reasonable. But when it came down to it, it was just, you know, I'm in my faith. So I really just prayed a lot about it and tried to rely on the things that I knew were going to satisfy me besides basketball in terms of the chemistry of the team. You know, people think the facilities matter. And as a high schooler, it definitely plays into that mind process of how nice things are. But after it, once again, once I transferred, you really realize like what truly mattered at the start. But I do think I had a really good grasp on that. My mom played college basketball. So she definitely helped me in terms of letting me completely decide on my own. She didn't sway me one way or another, but just the right things to think about during that process. Mm-hmm. Instead of being a 17, 18 year old thinking, you know, what is going to be most important. <laughs> so for me, it was just a feeling with the coach, you know, you get to see the campus, go on a tour, watch practice. So for once again, for me, I was looking at how they coached in practice, um, the kind of drills, the intensity, the, you know, the kind of the standard that was set. I'm a very, I, I would like to say intense player, leader. So I really like that. I like that kind of an atmosphere. And I saw that at the three schools I kind of had narrowed down between UND, um, USD and Montana State were my top three, which have all been great programs. So uh, it was it was hard to choose for sure, but I, I like I said I just prayed about it and I really just felt I was supposed to be at UND and with the coaching staff at the time I felt really great with. Once again, ending up transferring was kind of blindsided by a lot from the head coach, but at the time they were great people and I connected well with them and I really felt they had my best interests in mind and knew what I was capable of and kind of had the same desire for me and how I fit the program as the same vision I had for myself playing in college and those things just really aligned and I decided on UND. So you didn't really face the the pressure that a lot of like I, I call them locals would face <laughs> like here in Columbus there's so much pressure if you're really good you need to go to Ohio State and it's mm-hmm. family and friends and and people in your ear but 
it sounds like, you know, I mean, you were going to stay in the region anyway, most likely mm-hmm. in either mm-hmm. South Dakota or Montana, but you didn't really have that. It was more just you exploring what would be a better fit for you at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, my parents were really awesome to not ever, I kept asking, you know, what, what would your guys' top pick for me be? Or how did you like that coach? You know, they'd come on home visits, come to our house and give a little presentation and everything. And they just, they would never really say in anything in terms of comparison. You know, they would, my mom, like I said, she she was so great about just being very neutral and she would say things she liked about coaches, but she never would do it in a comparison way because she wanted it to be completely my decision. I would say my community and my teammates and my high school friends and my AAU teammates. And I think I heard it most from them about wanting me to go to UND or NDSU just so I was close to them and going to school with with a lot of them so they could come watch and still be close and stuff. So yeah, I think that was the most (laughs) I heard that persuasion. But I just like I knew anybody whose opinion really mattered would just be happy wherever I felt happy. So no, I will say I wasn't really pressured too much into making sure local or anything like that. Did you know anybody on the roster at UND? I did. Yep. Yep. So, of course, just watching them, recognizing their names and all that sort of stuff, but also just hearing about them when they were playing in high school. A lot of them were North Dakota, North Dakota girls, um, older than me, of course. So, you know, watching state tournaments and they were all class A. So there's two classes in North Dakota, class A and class B and smaller schools are class B, which I was. But all the North Dakota girls at the time were class A girls for the most part, I believe I remember right. And I just remember watching them in state tournaments and now seeing them at UND and they ended up going to the tournament March Madness and stuff um, two years before I got there. So it was really cool uh, just to see that local girls really could do that on a big stage. And like I said, even though if I was staying in North Dakota or not, just, you know, the smaller states, like you really can create a really good basketball team. And I think Midwest just has that natural hard work and work hard at what you're doing kind of mindset. So it was really cool to see. I didn't know them personally, of course, but, you know, just visiting with them and stuff when I'd go visit the school and practice, like I said earlier, just kind of we're on the same page in terms of being from North Dakota and coming from, you know, Bismarck or Grand Forks or Fargo and stuff like that and playing there and what it meant to have that pride to play in a smaller state, less populated state. But knowing like when you do succeed, it really means a lot to so many fans in the town. And yeah, yeah. So that was really special. I think that was a big thing. Once again, going to state tournaments, coming from a small school, I felt that community support and how much the community helps you grow and like giving back that, that satisfaction for them to come watch, you know, you on the big stage and they're so proud of you and the team. So that was another big part that was kind of important to me versus, um, you know, if you're playing for really big schools, perhaps big 10, yes, sure. You're at a great school, great facilities, but if you don't have the fans there, I think that's a big piece of enjoying your time at college. Mm-hmm. So what happens after you get there? Freshman year, you get to camp yeah. start playing. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. I mean, every college experience, it's not supposed to be easy. It won't be easy, but it was really hard. We had a big group of freshmen there were six of us and then we had sophomores were all redshirting with injuries and then we had juniors and seniors so there was a big gap like I said two years prior they went to the tournament that next year they didn't so they were obviously um, disappointed with themselves and trying to get back on that page and then here come six new freshmen so it was a really hard year I understand um, as I got older how it was uh, between them and us it was 
it was really hard though because once again six freshmen but there was a few of us that were really contributing to the team starting here and there playing a lot of great minutes and then of course the rest that were typical freshmen mm -hmm. so there was a big dynamic between underclassmen and upperclassmen that really hurt hurt us for how good we could have been i think my freshman year was it yeah, kind it was, of the, the jealousy thing like yeah i just think minutes? I think there was a lot, you know, I think there was a lot that went into it. I think once again, you know, playing time for younger girls, they've been there their whole careers, that frustration. Of course, the juniors and the seniors have been together that whole time. So they're both on the same page. And then there's just six younger girls who are trying to fit in and trying to be friends with them, but respect them as leaders. And it was a really hard year for me personally. I was thinking about leaving at Christmas time just because it was so hard and it just wasn't what I knew it should be. And like I said, I love a challenge. I love the intensity. I, I don't like coaches that are just going to tell you good job. You know, I don't like that stuff. So um, it wasn't that as a typical freshman maybe would say it was it was just very hard to continue to show up and work hard and fight for playing time when your team was so separated behind the scenes all the time. It just was not a very healthy environment. Yeah, uh, But I stuck it out. I stayed. At least I just said, okay, just give it the whole year. And then that summer, the next year, when those juniors were seniors, we had that sophomore group back that was injured. And then we had five, uh, five of us going forward from freshmen. We had a really great year. It was completely turned around. I was starting with four seniors for most of the year. And then after a while, Lexi, as I said, who I played AAU with, we both were starting with the three seniors. And we had a senior coming off the bench, Sam Roscoe, who I actually just ended up playing against in Germany the other day. So it was really cool. So our total dynamic change, you know, that those my sophomore year, their senior year, that group of seniors to me were day and night different from when they how we thought of them when they were juniors the year prior. They knew the culture needed to change. They knew the, the leadership, the captains needed to change a lot of things. Um, and I will say that year was probably my most favorite year at, at UND. It was we were very skilled, very talented upperclassmen heavy of course and then you have a freshman group that are now sophomores who all had a little bit of experience so we were very talented we ended up splitting the conference that year winning uh the in in season conference title which was really special and then we got upset the first round of the tournament so we ended up losing and then we made it into the wnit that year um, but that was a really special year i just think all my leadership qualities came from just being so so close with the seniors that year and once again it, it kind of turned out not to be any easier for me personally um, just really battled a lot with the head coach totally really respected him but it was there's just a lot of mind games and manipulation behind the scenes that was very hard to overcome so for me it just kept turning out to be time and time again that kind of was a storyline that never seemed to end yeah um, so it's amazing to me that the chemistry of the team like the switch kind of flipped in mm -hmm. so short of a time i mean you go yeah. for the summer and you come back and things are different yeah uh, even though the the main group are all the same people it's just mm -hmm. a matter of maybe maturity and figuring some mm -hmm. things out amongst each other and how to play and, and try and win but but now you have issues with with coaching that that doesn't mm -hmm. make you feel comfortable and are you still thinking after the sophomore year that you don't know if you can stick it out there yeah so actually christmas of sophomore year i was really struggling uh, mentally mental health wise uh, i'm i was pre-dental at the time which now i graduated so i can officially say i'm pre-dental but you know a lot of hard science classes school was very hard hold myself to a high standard with that as well so it was a lot and all while of course you know college and the party scene and social scene and sports and 
it was a lot to balance on top of just, like I said, that mind games with the coach and, you know, feeling like you're doing all that you absolutely can and just never being good enough. And, you know, the whole team, there was a certain level of how the whole team stuck together and handled how the head coach was because the assistants, I will say, were really great. They didn't really present that side to us as much as the head coach did. But at Christmas, I was I was just really over it. I just felt like I wasn't playing to the potential I could, but I also wasn't being allowed to. Um, I wasn't being used in the way that I've been working to develop my skill. I would play a three, three guard and four um, as a forward. And it was just really tough. So I sat down with the seniors at Christmas and I just really cried with them and I just I didn't know what to do but I knew they've gone through it for four years and I knew they understood exactly what I meant but we were so good that year I felt like I owed it to them Mm -hmm. you know if I left that's losing a starter that's losing our rotation our chemistry everything I think it really helped for them and the relationship I had with them to bridge the underclassmen and upperclassmen together so I knew me sticking it out my sophomore year was really going to be beneficial for those seniors. And I, like I said, I just respected them and I still respect them so much, even though we're friends. Like I just, they just taught me so much about leadership and hard work and just everything in between that I, I just decided to stick it out for them. Ultimately Christmas on I was only doing it just because it was their senior year and we had a really great year and I wanted them to end on a really good note. Yeah. Um, so yep, stuck it out and then had a very serious talk. With my coach, of course, as manipulation goes, he said he had no idea I felt that way, no idea he was treating me that way, said it would change. So I stayed in the summer. Once again, it's in the back of my head, like I've told him, so if it doesn't change, like I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah. My junior year starts and sure enough, around Christmas time, it's the same stuff happening. But at this time now, we didn't have any seniors, so I'm a captain given that role of you know, one of the two with the most experience on the team. And it was hard because I'm a very selfless person. So I felt like I am in this leadership spot, but I can't leave. I can't, I can't transfer. I can't be selfish and do that. But it also was to the point where it was like, I only have a year and a half left. Like, I don't want to end my career this way. If it hasn't changed after this long, like, I don't think it will ever change. And I still was just not getting to use all the stuff I've worked for, you know, all the hours, time I spent in the gym to develop my skill set, um, to be a versatile post player, to, you know, be an undersized post player and be able to step out. Like I just, I wasn't being able to do that stuff. And it was very hard just because college doesn't last forever. So yeah, putting all that time into basketball my whole life, I, at the end of my junior year, I just really was like enough is enough. Um, we had a really tough year. Like I said, it was just really with the head coach, just battle every day, you know, up in his office, just getting torn apart. You're in tears and told you're soft and this and that. And then you go down to practice and you're supposed to practice like nothing just happened. And you're in your head and you're getting yelled at all over again. And you don't want to cry, but you're just so it was just it was just really tough, really bad situation. So, yeah, end of my junior year, I I just told him, like, I have nothing more to say. Like, I've told you time and time again, like. I, I need to leave. Yeah. Um, and it came down to me. It was just, it wasn't, oh, you were a freshman. Oh, you're not a captain yet. And that's why I just was being told time, year after year after year. And at this point, nothing else would have changed for my senior year. I was already a captain and a leader and everything. So it just came down to me loving the game of basketball. And I couldn't forgive myself if I didn't transfer and try it somewhere else. So obviously I ended up transferring and then I ended up at Montana State. So how, tell me how that process worked. Did you did you enter the transfer portal? Yeah. So um, the year I did it the, was the last year before the transfer portal became a thing. 
So I actually talked to compliance after our conference tournament and I had them um, help me talk to my head coach just because when I tried to talk to him separately, it never came to a conclusion. It was always twisted words around and kind of sent out of the office. It was never like him actually listening to me say like, I want to transfer. Yeah. So So, they, they sat in the meeting with you? Yes. Yep. Yep. So I had compliance there with me, which was, you know, I think that compliance, I, I remember them all forever. I don't even know if they're at UND anymore, but I just, they were so helpful for me and for me during that time. And the, I mean, there was many girls who told compliance many things at the end of their careers. Also, you know, senior year exit interviews. So they, they knew what was going on with our coach and our team. Um, they weren't surprised by it. it wasn't the first time someone brought it up to them. So they really helped me get out of there. I just, I love them all so much for that. And they, you know, cried with me and knew my potential and they were sad to see me go. And once again, then that kind of came in being a North Dakota kid. And, you know, I didn't want to stay in the state. That wasn't a huge, like, that's my only goal. But once I was there, I had so much pride being there and giving back to the state of fans who followed me all through high school and college and everything in between. It was, it was really hard to leave. I I didn't want to leave. Um, I would have loved to stay there for my, and had an amazing career, but it was just at the point where I wasn't going to satisfy myself and my my goals and my dreams and my vision I had playing college basketball. So, yeah, I ended up getting released. And, of course, the coach has to release you. At that time, that was how it worked. And Montana State, Coach Ben, called me shortly after that. She recruited me when I was in high school. So we already had a really great relationship. They were a top school of mine for sure. I loved my visit there. I loved everything about them. So, <laughs> So we obviously played against them twice a year. We were in the same conference at the time. So it was hard to never be able to talk to her. You know, hey, how are you? I haven't talked to you in three and a half years. Yeah, There's so much we talked about. and We had such a great relationship prior to me committing to UND. It was really weird to see her twice a year and not be able to say anything. But I stayed in touch with the girls that were playing there just because they were my hosts when I went on my visits in college. Um, So I knew what their program was about. I knew how their team was. It was really interesting to me and it was really comforting because I already knew all that. So if I was going to transfer, Montana State was one of the top schools I thought about um, when leaving just because I knew for certain what I'd be getting. It wasn't going to be a coach telling you everything you want to hear and then you get there and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And I only had one year left to play. So it was very scary. You know, I didn't know would a school even want me? Do they want to take a chance on me? I'll have to redshirt no matter what. Once again, was the rule at the time. So they're going to have to, I mean, scholarship for two years just to get me to play for one year. Yes, I'm a senior and experienced, but would they rather have a freshman? You know, it was it was hard mentally. I was really worried that perhaps I wouldn't get to end up at a really great program, maybe just like a average middle of the pack kind of program. But I just knew that I couldn't do it at UND anymore. And I was willing to accept whatever that would be going forward. So and you, and your, junior, your junior year, you had had a pretty good season stat wise, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Stats. Once again, you know, for me, um, it was never stats or playing time was never the issue, you know, and I truly believe now so many people transfer because of that. But to me, it's like, put the work in then, you know, put the Mm -hmm. work in. If you want to play more, if someone's better than you, then they deserve to play. And if you want to play, be better than them. You know, it's simple as that. So for me, it was never about playing time. It was never about stats. I just felt like I was very limited as a player, not even in terms of scoring or shot attempts, nothing like that. Just you know, and skill, skill wise, you know, coming off a wall screen because I'm skilled to do so, but I was never able to kind of stuff. So, yeah. but it, yeah. you should have been a marketable player. I mean, even if it was one year, did you look anywhere else? 
besides me? I did, yeah. So when the, when I got released, like I said, compliance, they could send letters out to whoever, and I didn't even know who to send. I mean, of course, top programs, but I mean, I understood basketball for more than just wanting to play the school. Like you only can get so many scholarships per year, and you have seniors leaving and freshmen coming in. So for me, it was just letting. I mean, once they could see you were a transfer option, the portal or whatever. So at the end of the season, everyone could see that I was eligible, available, whatever to sign. So I was just going to leave that open and whatever. Once again, just praying a lot about it and just trusting God would guide me, I guess, to where I should end up. Montana State was the first visit I took was, I mean, four or five days later, it was the weekend. So I took a visit that weekend out there and I actually was in the airport and Coach Ben and Coach Harris, the assistant at the time, were coming back from where they were watching AAU tournaments or whatever. So it was kind of funny. We were in the airport for two hours. We met in Denver, wherever it was before flying to Bozeman. So we got to already start talking, catching up there and of course in the airports and then the car ride to Bozeman from the airport and everything. And just coach Ben as a person, the first thing on the phone was like, how are you? How's your mental health? How's your family? How's your sister? Like since we talked last three years ago, mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about basketball for the first hour of our conversation. Um, I just think that speaks volumes of the kind of coach she is, the kind of person she is, what's important to her in life and as a coach. So just from the start, it was all those pieces that I felt like I was missing from a head coach. You how, know, and she- how quickly, how quickly did you know that this is <laughs> the place? Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> by the time you got to Bozeman yeah yeah just talking with her I mean the phone talk conversation we had when she called me when you know when I was still in Grand Forks after I was able to be transferred in the portal and everything and ending up in Bozeman it was it was just it just felt so right you know and like I said I knew their program I knew their success I know their style of play I already knew all that so it wasn't like I had to be told all of that yeah um, of course I needed to be told where how I fit into the program how she sees me using me and all that still mattered a lot, of course. But for me, it like I said, going from a 17-year-old to now a 21-year-old transferring, going through a lot of tough times, three years, it just, the facilities is not what's important. I don't care if we played at a high school gym. Like if you're with the right coach and the coaching staff works together and the coaching staff is great and they bring that to the team and the team is great and you have the right pieces and you know roles are known from the start of season and stuff like that like you will be so much happier than playing in the nicest arena in the world so that part didn't matter to me and once again I visited there in high school so I already knew their campus I already knew so much about it for me it was more just my feel with coach Ben you know, and it was, it was exactly the same stuff that she talked about three and a half years prior. So to me, once again, that was just another example of like, she's so true to her word, her, her main principles were to a T exactly the same as they were in high school, the way she carried herself, the way she focused on family. And, you know, she has the team over for team meals at her house with her husband and kids all the time. And they go on trips and have girls stay at her house just to get out of the dorms and go ahead, stay at the house. Like, just a phenomenal person. And I think she, I mean, she played in the WNBA. She knows basketball amazingly. She knows the intensity, but she's not someone that's just going to yell at you at practice. You know, her thing is if you don't want to work hard, that's on you and someone else will play in front of you. And that's your career. She's not going to scream at you to work hard. If you don't want to work hard, that's, that's your fault. She's fair. fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So when you look back at it, is there any way you could have figured out that North Dakota wasn't the right fit prior to you going? Because so many, I think so many coaches mm-hmm. are able to put up, you know, this, this false, mm-hmm. you know, wall or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it of this is how our program is. But then when you mm-hmm. actually get there behind the scenes or at practice, 
it's totally different than what they're telling you and your parents. Mm-hmm. Is there any, do you have no. any advice to high school kids when they're looking mm-hmm. at colleges other than maybe talking to players more or maybe mm-hmm. contacting players who've transferred? Mm-hmm. Um, did North Dakota have a lot of, a lot of girls transfer prior to you nope. getting there or during your time there? Nope, nope, not too many. Of course, ones who weren't playing and wanted to play more, but deservingly not playing a ton. You know, it, it was never yeah. an unfair, it was just skill. So of course, the typical transfer stuff like that. But there was, for me to transfer, it was a very big deal. And it was all over the news. And it was really hard because I didn't know if the backlash from the community, you know, fans, like I, I didn't, I hoped they knew me enough from the three years I was there and knew my heart and my work ethic and the pride I had playing there. Like, I love that school. I still love that school. Mm -hmm. I think it's a phenomenal college. I think the whole athletic department, staff, all the way through all the sports teams, all the other head coaches, the way all of us athletes were able to interact. I think it's a hands down phenomenal college. I just, for me personally, with the head coach, it was, it was unbearable at that point. So, and um, and we should should say he's no longer there. Correct. Uh, Correct. Was it after, was it after your, after, after my left, red shirt year. Okay. So after mm-hmm. what would have been your senior year, he would have been, mm-hmm. which, which would have hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had stayed and then you left mm-hmm. and then he, he would yes. have been forced out. That would have been tough, but yeah. So, uh, uh yeah. So, so there's, there's really nothing. I mean, you just had to go through no. it. There's nothing. No, I, I will say the intensity factor maybe could have taken as maybe that's a little of his personality. But to me, like I said, I so crave that in a coach because that's the kind of player I am. I want a very intense coach. I want someone who is going to individually single out somebody if they need to be singled out because they're not performing. Like I love that about him because I think a lot of times, especially this generation, you can't do that because it hurts feelings and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Well, in my mind, if you can't handle that, then don't play division one basketball. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to be the best, like that's what's needed. You need yeah. you need girls to be told you are doing wrong versus to the team. Hey, stop turning it over because girls yeah. and boys are very different and generation is very different. You know, they're not going to think it's them. So I love that about him. I really did. I love the intensity and the passion, but it was definitely on a level that was way too extreme and not in the right ways. Time and, co- and Coach Binford can do it the right way. She can do the absolutely. same thing and do it the right way, but there's, absolutely. there's a little more, I don't know what you want to call it, but more behind the scenes of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she really cares about the individual. Right. Her stuff was very basketball focused, you know, where we'd be in practice at UND and he's screaming personal things out to the team. He's making like personal jabs and statements and, you know, once again, being soft or crying and, um, you know, knowing that people had personal stuff going on in their personal life and he'd be using that against you in practice just wasn't okay. You know, where Coach Ben never once presented herself like that at all. So, yeah, yeah, I was super, super blessed. You know, they always say the grass is not always greener on the other side. But once again, I think for me, I really tried my best to stick it out at UND and I prayed it would get better. And I really prayed that it would get turned around because I didn't want to leave. Like I said, I really loved it there. I would recommend it. Of course, now the assistant coach I had is the head coach there. So shout out to coach Mal for that. She was phenomenal. She really was. She played at UND. She has that pride, Midwest pride. She was really special to me. You know, she'd pull me aside individually a lot in my time there. I mean, she really understood what I was going through and she saw it too. And she just tried to help me the best she could. But of course, as assistant coach, you only can do so much. And she's young. Um, Of course, of course. So I think I would recommend that school to anybody, that program to anybody. Phenomenal fans, phenomenal facilities, weightlifting, everything was just really, really great. So 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm soon, happy for them. How soon after you got to Montana State did you realize, hey, this is this is going to be great? <laughs> and did you did you feel a sense of relief, like like once you yeah, started so, practicing? Uh, and the truth is that I talked with Coach Ben. Whatever they got me campus, they took me on a little campus tour. The assistant coach and the dobo did just to re-show me everything and kind of show me where my classes would be if I did sign. You know, I had like I said, my science classes and. I got into her office and I I'm emotional talking about it, but I just said to her, like, I want to sign. Like I had her door shut and we were going to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, you don't even need to tell me anymore. Like, I just, I know you wouldn't have me here if you didn't see yourself using me. Like I knew I was obviously going to play being in the conference, playing all that. I, would, I should have let her tell me how I fit into the program, but I, I knew it would be fine. But just her and her character and the coaching staff as a whole, it was just like, yep, this is what I want. And, and I knew for sure I would get that, where I didn't want to have to take the chance going to another school and trying to figure out if that, if they were legit or not. So for me, I told her that, and she's like, you want to sign right now? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I was there a few hours, and my trip was the whole weekend, but I signed right away and then just got to enjoy the time with the girls and, you know, of course, go to the sporting events and go out to eat and all that stuff. So it was really great, but then obviously back to UND in the spring and obviously told the team I was leaving. That was very hard, especially, you know, Lexi, my best friend, we were going to be seniors the next year and it was hard for her too. And just to leave, it was, like I said, it was three years coming to make this decision. You know, it definitely wasn't taken lightly. So yeah, yeah. it was very difficult, but everybody understood it was what was best for me. And I'm still so close with that group of girls that I had my junior year on my team. I will say that was probably the best year from top to bottom of chemistry wise, everyone getting along. You know, we didn't have the greatest winning record, but we really were a cohesive unit friends wise. And that was really, really special to have. But when I got to Montana State that summer, it was it was just refreshing. I, you know, I was very excited to redshirt. You don't hear that a lot of times. But for me, it was going to be such a break to love the game of basketball again and to mentally just be in such a better place with basketball and not tie my worth of a human to how I can perform every day on the basketball court. Yeah, And that took a lot to unwire as that was all you were told for three and a half years. So my redshirt year was great for me mentally more than anything. Just, of course, learning their plays, learning all that stuff. So when I could play, I was I was there as if I'd been there the whole time. Yeah, my redshirt year was phenomenal. Uh, my position coach, Sunny Smallwood, was working with me all the time. I don't think we worked out enough, but she always told me I needed a break. I had a little foot injury, so yeah. I had just a minor surgery, and she always was limiting me but it was of course what was best for me so it was great and then that summer before my senior year it was officially my senior year and I mean my senior year was phenomenal of course ending with COVID but it was yeah. scary on top for everything I went through you guys um, won a ton of games and you were I can't words was the record like 25 and 9 something like that um fewer wins fewer losses than fewer that losses. we were nine, 19 and 1 in conference okay um, and then yeah, it was right before the conference championship. The day it before was when yep. March twelfth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it was abruptly the, ended. I mean, you you were yeah. you were headed to the NCAA tournament most likely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a tough game with Idaho, but I definitely you know that we split with them. That was the only team we lost to. We lost in overtime to them during the conference year. I went down with a quick injury, felt a little bit weird um, at the start of the overtime. 
and it was off the court for a few minutes in the overtime. And then our point guard tore, or not tore, excuse me, sprained her ACL, jeepers, sprained her ankle really bad. Okay. Short, like a couple possessions after I was out. So then we both were out for a amount of time, you know, two starters, a senior point guard and a senior post player. I think we could have ended up winning that game. But once again, you just got to, you got to find a way to win. And we didn't find a way to win that day. Yeah. Ended up losing by two in overtime. So I was, you know, we played them again later on in the year and we won. So I think we knew them really well scouting wise. And I think our team was honestly still peaking at that point. We were pretty close to peaking, but we were really still clicking and getting better. So it would have been a really fun game. They were a really great team too. So it would have been fun. So we never, yeah. never know, but I, I really do believe we would have made the tournament. And I think we would have had a really great seeding in our region. And I, I truly, truly believe we could have had a first round win. But and you, yeah, you we'll got, never know. You guys were on a roll. I remember Coach Binford. I think you're the third player I've represented from Montana State after Delaney and Claire. Mm -hmm. So Coach Binford, I think, had called me early in the year and said, you need to watch Fallon. And I think she had a couple seniors. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it was you guys had some great games and you were doing very well individually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's nice to see a team with good chemistry and everybody's playing well together and yes you know it's obviously not an individual sport it's nice when right. you put up big numbers but when you're rolling along and you have a good coach and everybody's mm -hmm. doing well and winning it's a lot of fun and mm -hmm. so when you signed with me we kind of talked about how you had unfinished business and you wanted to keep playing and so this year you spent the first half of the season in Sweden yeah yeah a team that that didn't win a lot of games and then at Christmas break you ended up after your sister's wedding, you ended up going to Germany Yep. and you're not winning a ton of games, but <laughs> it seems like every game you guys are in, especially since they added you to the roster, mm -hmm. it's within five to 10 points in the last mm -hmm. couple of minutes. And you always have a chance even against really good opponents. So, yes. so how are you feeling now with a week and a half left in the season? Yeah, that's, I mean, once again, I was just so beyond thankful to have an opportunity to continue playing basketball. And of course, as we talked, you know, we knew the Sweden offer and team wasn't the top team in the league, knew it was going to be a team I could impact on all that stuff. So of course, that experience not going as well as hoped, I was just still so, so grateful that I was to be playing basketball. There was many girls who did not get to be on a team or have any offers whatsoever. So for me, just to be able to actually have an offer was just answered prayers totally. So I was very thankful for that and made the most of my time there. Like you said, when I was home for Christmas, I didn't know if I would get, as we talked with COVID, I didn't know if getting on a new team for the second half of that Euro season would be possible. But, you know, it all came about how it was supposed to. And I ended up getting to sign with the Germany team. Once again, we knew um, with me coming here where they were at in their conference, they weren't a top team by any means. But once again, I knew I could impact and it was really motivating, I guess, so to say, just to know that I could come in and benefit being on this team and help them right away was a really, really cool thing. And obviously just take what I had from Sweden and kind of getting, you know, you're going from a senior in college on a championship team where we're winning by so much that the starters don't even get to play 25 minutes a game as seniors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the bench is playing where I go into Sweden where I could play 30 some minutes a game, but we're losing by 20, you know? So it was really hard for me to kind of accept that and switch into this isn't your senior year in college anymore. <laughs> You're not just going to be on winning teams like this, you know? So it was, it was humbling and it was a, quite the experience for sure. But I think, like I said, now I really think I've gotten into the mindset of just being so grateful and thankful to still be playing basketball and still be getting better and a healthy body to do so. Um, yeah. So Germany here, we've, 
it doesn't feel like we're the last place team in the league, man. I mean, the competition is so much higher and more intense compared to the Sweden league. And I mean, every game, all five girls are tall, are fast, are strong, can score. You know, we're in Sweden. You kind of had a few players on the court at a time that you didn't really necessarily have to guard, so to say, mm-hmm. where here it's like you need five on five on both ends of the court. You need five girls who can know the IQ of the offense and who can play great defense because it's just that intense. So I love playing in this league. I think that's been a big positive switching over from Sweden. But as you said, we've had a lot of close games and close losses, which is really tough, but it's just so fun to be a part of and play. Of course, it's it's sucky to come up on the losing side of that time and time again. But as we head into the end now, we have three games left against top teams. I think that we definitely start out a little slow against teams that are more our skill level or not ranked as high in our league, so to say, where when we've played these top teams, it seems like we really put together a more complete game. So I'm really excited for these games to come. I hope that we can put together a 40 minute game and end up on the winning side would be really awesome. But just to continue playing with this team, these girls are great. Our chemistry is great. You know, everyone's older in age, 20 some and older. So it's really nice just to have that dynamic consistent across the border where Sweden, that wasn't the case. So I think that plays a lot also into just what the team is capable of doing and the IQ and experience goes so far. So um, yeah, looking forward to the last week and a half to really finish on a strong note the best we can. Well, good. I, I can't wait to see what happens with the cup this weekend and finish strong. I know you will. You've had a, just talking about it, it's making me tired. The, the, last, <laughs> five, the last five years of your life yeah. has, been, has been an up and down roller coaster, but I'm glad you've, uh, I'm sure you're a lot tougher, stronger person as a result of all this. Absolutely. Definitely yeah. smarter and and know exactly what, what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I hope your head, head is clear and you're ready to mm-hmm. take a little break from basketball over the summer and get home and enjoy yourself. And Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely thankful for my story. You know, as you said, even though there's been a lot of lows, it seemed. My senior year was such a high and, you know, I'm playing basketball overseas and that's been a dream of mine since I was a young girl playing basketball. So yeah. all is, in all, this is the I'm, worst year. Right. You know, since right. Worst year to do it. But... Doing this. <laughs> yeah. be happy this year playing. Yeah. And yeah next year yeah. Will, be, will be cake for you. So yeah. hopefully yeah. We get another good team, on, get you on a winning program and, and get going again. Make it feel yes. like you did it. In, uh, <laughs> yes, that's the goal. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. All right. Enjoy your last week and a half yeah. in Heidelberg. It's going to go fast, but that's okay. <laughs> thanks so much for so, talking to me. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed Fallon's story. She is a talented player on the court, but you could probably tell she is a thoughtful and caring person who struggled for three years to do what was right. For her, leaving for Montana State was the best decision and immediately made her life better. As I stated earlier in the podcast, every transfer case is different. If done for the right reasons, it makes all the sense in the world. Ultimately, a player's health and quality of life should be at the forefront of the decision. Fallon is one of the toughest players I've ever worked with, so there's no doubt in my mind she made the right decision. And speaking of the right decision... Whose decision amongst those in charge of the NCAA tournaments was it to treat the women's tourney in San Antonio as a complete afterthought? From the weight room to the food to the logo-less courts they are playing on to the March Madness hashtag social media only referring to the men's tournament. The list goes on and on. To many in women's basketball who have been around a while, this is nothing new. But in 2021, 
with equal rights, equal pay, equal treatment, and inclusiveness being discussed daily, this is such an embarrassment for college athletics. I hope change is coming because it's long overdue. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Take care.